Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Haro with the world upside down. We continue to keep score. Sports is dark, at least as we know it. $1.3 trillion business grinds to a halt. We'll do the best we can over the next few weeks to cover the angles of sports relative to the impact of the coronavirus and beyond, starting this week with deal-making 3-1. to one. First, number three, the UFC. It's been light and ongoing while everybody else has been dark. They're now seeking new venue options for their upcoming events after a series of developments regarding the coronavirus. UFC President Dana White said that the promotion intends to move next weekend's UFC Fight Night event in London to an undisclosed venue in the U.S. Additionally, the UFC is planned to host all foreseeable events inside its own Apex facility is no longer feasible since the Nevada State Athletic Commission suspended all combat sports in the state. The promotion's next major PPV is UFC 49 April 18 in Brooklyn. If someone can figure out how to keep live sports alive in these coronavirus times, it's the tough, stubborn Dana White, count on him, to at least give sports pages and box score listings something to watch. And that's number three. Number two, the coronavirus and the concert world. Big acts like Rolling Stones, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, massive stadium tour set for 2020. They should easily withstand the economic impacts that tour cancellations will have on their bottom lines. But smaller artists and many entry-level acts, not so much. AEG, by the way, about 30%. Live Nation, 60%. 10% handled by independents. Coachella Valley events canceled and others. And while AEG and Live Nation certainly will financially survive, the smaller promoters could be swallowed up if the coronavirus continues, and we all know that in a lot of different contexts. That's number two. Finally, number one, canceling this year's summer Tokyo 2020 games because of the coronavirus outbreak would see Japan's annual gross domestic product fall by 1.4%. The Japanese financial firm that forecast this stuff said that the demand in the economy of $6.5 billion through spectator consumption and the staging of sporting competitions, but calling off the event would hurt Japan's GDP by about $76 million. The company also said it expects the Olympics to be canceled should the spread of coronavirus continue until July. If that happens, it projects that Japanese corporate revenues for 2020 would fall 25%. The study says if an outbreak ends in April and allows Tokyo 2020 to go ahead as scheduled, then the damage to Japan's GDP would be limited to a 0.9% drop, although corporate revenues would still plunge by 14 to 15%. IOC President Thomas Bach remains fully committed to the games going ahead, at least right now, starting July 24, and that's number one. Well, the interview this week regards a general manager of an event that got in just under the wire, the Genesis Invitational Golf Tournament in L.A. But the guy Dave Klawan is also involved in at the head and management of the TGR Foundation and TGR Live, Tiger Woods. 
the foundation that is his, one of the most lucrative in golf and in sports. And by the way, Tiger Woods just announced as the guy who is inducted in the next round of the Golf Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, and Dave Klawan has been somebody that's been interesting in his career from a philanthropic side. He was involved in the AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour from 2003 to 2009, corporate partnerships at different events, major lacrosse league. He's run it all and seen it all, but because it's interesting with Tiger getting the nod for the Hall of Fame, especially timely, here's Dave Klawan. Sports Professor Rick Harald inside the uh, boardroom beyond the scoreboard, and we're always looking for people who do many things. Uh, Dave Klawan, the general manager of the Genesis, is not somebody who does many things. He does many, 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 many things. It's uh, the TGR Foundation, the uh, newly appointed head uh, chairman of the L.A. Sports Council. He's a volleyball uh, maven. Uh, he just came through a successful Genesis tournament uh, in L.A. I- I'm sure I've missed a lot, but let's start with that. Dave, thank you for spending the time with me. Oh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate that. So let's let's talk first about the, the Genesis. Uh, obviously, one of the early signature tournaments in the PGA Tour has been that for a while. Uh, there, there's nothing better than the event in LA, and I assume you're coming off a very successful tournament. Excited about the results and also the economics of what just happened. We are. I mean, it was a absolutely tremendous year for us. Uh, this was our first year of the tournament after 90-plus years of history transitioning into an invitational, now officially hosted by Tiger himself, in addition to our organization, TGR Live, uh, being the host organization. But it was a tremendous event, um, great weather, great historic turnout for us on site, um, breaking records on ticket sales, corporate partnerships, etc. And we're really excited about what the future holds here for this tournament in the L.A. market as well as on the PGA Tour schedule. And uh, with all of the discussions about sponsorship being a, a driving force for tournaments and, and uh, you know, Tiger becoming involved, Genesis commitment, I'm sure, is, is, is one that is, it gives you some stability moving forward, huh? It does. I mean, we are now four years into our title sponsorship relationship uh, with the Genesis brand, and they've been a tremendous title sponsor for us, not just from a financial commitment and the longevity of that you know, 10-year deal with us, but also they are great strategic partners in helping us elevate everything that we do here on site. Um, it doesn't hurt that they are a local Southern California brand as well, so the camaraderie and the passion that we both share for this community, um, I think, really kind of is brought to life and is shown from the way that our fans, our corporate sponsors, media, the players, etc., all engage with the tournament. So uh, there, there are a lot of discussion about um, the right level of tournaments, prize money, sponsorships on the PGA Tour itself, and then obviously the Champions Tour as well, the playoffs. Give me a sense of, of your uh, perception of the of the harmony between the the uh, minor league tour, although some people wouldn't call it that, the PGA Tour itself, the Champions Tour. How's it all working? Is there are the benefits being spread well? Is the sponsors happy? Thirty thousand feet. 
Yeah, look, I, I believe that there is. I think that the sport of professional golf is in a very strong and healthy uh, place right now. I think, you know, our commissioner, Jay Monahan has done a tremendous job in continuing to transition the value proposition uh, for not just the tournaments, but as you mentioned, the corporate sponsors, the players, etc. over the last four years. And, you know, it doesn't hurt, of course, when Tiger's out there playing to put more eyeballs on the sport. But what that does is it exposes more people to the amazing young crop of talent that we have at, you know, you just look at this past weekend, you know, Victor Hovland winning a tournament in Puerto Rico, a Patrick Reed winning a WGC match. So, you know, golf is front and center and we have such an amazing crop of, of athletes that are out there that I think the future is very bright for where the sport is headed. Participation in uh, uh, golf uh, from the masses uh, certainly increasing, and for the first time we've all seen it in the industry. The National Golf Foundation includes uh, uh, Top Golf and, and all of those kinds of entities in their calculation of who's playing golf. I think people in the industry understand that if you're swinging a golf club, it almost doesn't matter where you're doing it. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I know that there's a lot of traditionalists that say, well, how many people are getting out there for an 18-round, you know, golf outing? But that's that's not the objective. The objective is to get people exposed to this sport in any way, shape, or form. And I think, you know, ventures like Top Golf, that, you know, to me is kind of that equivalent of growing up as a kid, going to a bowling alley on a Saturday and introducing me in a social experience, something that I might not have been doing regularly. I think all these things add in together and we see the participation growing. We see new venues and structures going up. And then you have guys like Tiger who are out there on course design, trying to find other avenues that make a course fun for people to engage in. And how do you minimize some of that historic long-term, you know, four and a half, five and a half hour round commitment that used to be a barrier of entry to getting people to participate? Sports and philanthropy. You know, philanthropy generally, according to any of the studies that I've seen from corporate America, the expenditures have risen about 12 to 14% a year, higher than any of the other metrics for any other sponsorship spending. So we know people are doing great by doing good, but PGA Tour and golf itself is uniquely positioned to generate philanthropic contributions, and golf is charity with pro-amps and otherwise uh, is really significant. In that context, talk about the TGR Foundation and Tiger's participation uh, from golf beyond uh, into the platforms of philanthropy and charitable giving. Yeah, I mean, we are, we're unique in the pro golf world in that we are both the beneficiary charity from Tiger's TGR Foundation as well as the host organization. Uh, but we've been around for over 20 years. Um, we're close to our 25-year anniversary. And at the end of the day, TGR Foundation is about empowering youth through education. Uh, we are an educational foundation, uh, really focused on STEM education, professional development for teachers and administrators, college access programs, etc. And Tournaments like the Genesis Invitational or the Hero World Challenge are primary, you know, revenue generators for us to fund these programs. So it's great, as you mentioned, that we are able to produce what we produce and then do good with the dividends that come from that. And from a tour standpoint, I think this is one of the, the most amazing storylines when you look at how much power is behind the sport of golf. Uh, we just celebrated $3 billion in charitable fundraising tour-wide uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it, it is one of those 
I don't want to say unsung stories in the industry, but the power of what this sport is able to do inside of local communities and nationwide is beyond measure in any other sport. And, you know, I know you're not directly involved day to day with the TTR Foundation, uh, but it obviously is a very significant part of your life. Is there a mandate, I know with some of the golf uh, industry, not just golf superstars, the Michael Jordans and, and with Jack Nichols in the golf industry, you want the foundations and their entities to outlast the individual, not being the cop, but it's an important aspect to build a brand that transcends the personal presence of a superstar. How is that working with Tiger? Is he planning the kind of uh, legacy of Tiger Woods and the foundation? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, from a foundation standpoint, when you look at the impact that we have had since its inception, but really specifically in the last five years since we've focused more on professional development, since we've expanded our curriculum to be digital-based as well with Discovery EDU, um, it really is about the legacy of what Tiger is. And we transitioned the name of the entity from Tiger Woods Foundation to TGR Foundation a few years ago, really because it goes beyond Tiger. It's about the impact that this organization and the legacy of what Tiger has done is about, as opposed to Tiger the individual um, being out there front and center. It is interesting, just to go on another subject, that a lot of foundations uh, make sure the name of the athlete is center to maximize their fundraising, etc. You've kind of gone the other way, understanding that Tiger's important, but the foundation's work may be even more important. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and that that is something that's driven from Tiger. Um, again, he wanted it known this is not about Tiger. It's about education. It's about youth. And he wanted that to be the story and what people talk about as opposed to it's something that Tiger Woods, the golfer, is doing. Um, this is, you know, front front and center of his mind share all of the time. And as I said, when we look at the lens of how do we drive this tournament, it really is with the end goal of how do we deliver as much value, results, and exposure for the foundation through this platform that we have with the PGA Tour and the Genesis Invitational. Let's talk about how wonderful Los Angeles is because you guys have hit the mother load anyway and about to put that times 10 or 15. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your appointment as chairman of the LA Sports Council. Is that, did I just spoil a surprise or something? Was that important for me to keep quiet? No, no, no. We we did announce this uh, last week, uh, literally, I think, a day after we uh, completed the Genesis Invitational. And I'm excited for the opportunity. As you said, you know, we are the epicenter of sports and entertainment here in Los Angeles. And when you look at not just the major events that will be coming here to Los Angeles over the next 10 years, but the strength of the teams and the properties that we have here, everything from the Rams and the Chargers opening the new SoFi Stadium in a couple of months to the Angels and the Dodgers to upstart leagues like the PLL, this is such an amazing time for this city, and I'm excited for myself and the rest of our board of directors to have a part of really making sure that we continue to create lasting legacies and impact in the community with our collective strength that we have as a professional sports. As an industry veteran of public-private partnerships and support organizations, one of the things that I find interesting about L.A. is that you got L.A. 84, you've got the uh, host committee eventually for the games. You've got the board of advisors. You've got the LA Sports Entertainment Commission and the LA Sports Council. A lot of groups 
And the fundamental issue is, do you all get along? It looks like you really do. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of groups with a lot of different lanes that we operate in within the city. Uh, the goal, I can speak for myself at least and from, for the other organizations, is to make sure that we're all aligned and we're going out to drive value together. Um, you know, our goal is to make sure that there isn't confusion in the marketplace, and I think we're well on our way of doing that. And as I said, we each have our own kind of primary mission as to what we are looking to accomplish, but we also work together to support each other. And I think that camaraderie is really going to pay some amazing dividends, you know, for this next decade plus here in L.A. Finally, so AVP, it's a volleyball, beach volleyball guy, the major lacrosse, you know, the after professional league, MLL, 99, uh, and you've got a whole bunch of other entities you've been involved in. What are, what's kind of the core business principle that's sustained you throughout all of your various diverse experiences? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm always looking for opportunities that have high growth and have the ability for us to continue to evolve and, and build onto. Um, I'm definitely someone that's never satisfied or complacent and always looking to continue enhancing and elevating experiences. So I like those challenges of, you know, quote unquote, some of the niche opportunities that are out there. Um, but I've had the luxury of working for niche upstart leagues and brands to establish brands like here with the PGA Tour and reinventing, you know, a 94 year old tournament. So it's really about where are their opportunities and how do you get it broader than just the sports fan and make it part of the fabric of a community and make it into a lifestyle and kind of social experience? The Genesis PGI Foundation and the Sports Council and everything in L.A. is in good hands as they pull on the general manager. Rick Hall, sports professor, Deep with you soon. Tiger Woods always captures the headlines even while golf does not. Let's talk about tech in the Sports Tech Minute. Well, eSports may be able to be continued in some capacity. Faker donates 25000 to the battle of the coronavirus outbreak in, in Korea. According to VP eSports, Team T1's captain Lee Faker Shanghawk donated a serious sum of money to continue the nonprofit philanthropic aspect of all of this. Esports likely, by the way, to be one of the few sports to have some sort of competitions over the next few weeks, as it can be fully streamed online, and the community has been vocal about battling coronavirus. Isn't that interesting that UFC and esports may be the two sports that prevail while everybody is sh- everybody else is shut down? The franchise, Seoul Dynasty, in the Overwatch League, giving significant dollars. They're thriving philanthropically. They're thriving at the gate. It's a great time to be an esports investor. Welcome into the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Hora. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network. As virtually every traditional sport has gone on hiatus due to the outbreak of COVID-19, sports institutions are suddenly missing content. March Madness's absence leaves hours upon hours of open content blocks for Turner and CBS. Sports talk shows went from having a jam-packed spring schedule to basically just NFL free agency on rundowns, and sports books lost millions of dollars worth of action. So what replaces these newfound gaps? Esports seems likely. Both Turner and ESPN have esports shows. Turner's E-League has broadcasted live esports events since 2015, while ESPN's award-winning esports department recently extended to broadcast shows. On the betting side, DraftKings and FanDuel have both taken early steps into esports. With no other action around, the major sports books could also put forth some esports lines. While COVID-19 has impacted esports in quite a few ways as well, 
The digital nature of the competitions gives esports a backup plan that traditional sports don't have. That's all for this esports minute. Now back to Rick Cora. Finally, power of sports. And obviously, the key is who steps in during the coronavirus? AC Milan. 250,000 euros to emergency support efforts of COVID-19, while rivals Inter Milan, 300,000 surgical masks. English Premier League team Aston Villa donates 850 staff lunches. Cleveland Cavaliers Kevin Love donates 100 grand to arena workers impacted by NBA shutdown. Greek Freak and Chris Middleton in Milwaukee donated 100 grand each. New Orleans Pelican phenom Zion Williamson pledged to pay the salaries of Smoothie King Center employees for the next 30 days. It's showing how people are really friendly at a time of significant need. Finally, Mark Cuban putting a plan in place to pay hourly workers amid the NBA work stoppage. He said he's begun to put that plan in place to financially support the Mavericks arena workers. Cuban said he'll continue to pay employees of the American Airlines Center as if NBA games are continuing. He's a self-made billionaire and said it would encourage others in his circumstance to continue to do so as well, setting a great leadership role for team owners across all sports leagues who've seen their low-wage workers of sports stadiums now without a job for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, other team owners will follow suit and support the teams less fortunate. Bottom line is, we're all in this together. Stay healthy. I'd like to thank Dave Klawan for devoting his time. Good people doing good things, always top of mind here. And join us next week when we, again, continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.